Hello and welcome to the Mash Those Buttons monthly Mash Cast. I'm Jarrett. This is Rob. This is Long. And uh, we're back again, this time for the month of March. Uh, same thing as last month, you know, just going over you know, what's been going on in gaming for over the last month. New games coming out, what we think about them, news that we've heard. And uh, even though I thought last month was going to be a little light on news, uh, it turns out that the internet did not fail us. But we're going to get into that a little later. Um, so let's just start with um, what everybody's been playing. Rob, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Uh, I've actually had a little full schedule there with gaming. Uh, been playing Marvel's Capcom 3 like every other person on the planet. Uh, stacking, if people don't know what that is, it's a little... I wouldn't really call it an indie game necessarily, but it's a, a smaller game from uh, Tim Schafer uh, on the PlayStation Network. Uh, Nobi Nobi Boy from the makers of Katamari. Uh, Costume Quest, Eat Them, Shatter... Bulletstorm, and then Test Drive Unlimited 2, obviously, since a uh, review should be up on the site soon. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm playing. So, Nobi Nobi Boy, never heard of it. What is it? Uh, kind of hard to explain without seeming like I'm on LSD, but basically, if you're familiar with Katamari and the way that, you know, you roll up a ball and try and roll up everything in the universe, apply that to a kind of worm-like boy that you try and stretch out as far as possible and that's that's Nobi Nobi boy it's very random but a lot of fun (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's what matters (laughs) okay each his own I I really can't I can't say anything bad I mean I can but then I'd just be a bad person (laughs) <laughs> so, all right how about you long what you've been playing um i'm actually been playing a lot of fighting games uh one for research purposes for the big uh mvc3 review so um what i've been playing marvel versus capcom 3 of course because uh, i'm reviewing that uh revisiting guilty gear double x accent core plus uh blaze blue marvel versus capcom 2 super street fighter 4 and magica all right um I actually did play Magicka, which great game, you know, really good game. But man, if I I, I kind of wish I had a controller in my hand because I wanted to throw one. It's a difficult game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's no joke. But um, I love the geeky references that they threw into Magicka. It was awesome. Okay, yeah, yeah, definitely. For me though, there I, I haven't been playing too many games. The only new game I really can say that I, I have been playing it was marvel vs. capcom 3 you know just like everybody else but other than that i've only played like i, I started playing dirt 2 again and i, I played dirt 2 because you know dirt 3 is right around the corner huge fan of dirt 2 one of my favorite racing games of all time and i wanted to finish it so i turned it on i'm like oh yeah, i have a few races left right no i, I started looking around, i'm like how did i miss all this stuff so i'm going through and trying to finish the game not that i have to to play dirt 3 because it's not like it's uh it's it has some type of story or anything like that, but it's just something I want to do. Yeah, it's uh, nice to retread old ground. Uh, yeah, definitely, and it's it's still it's, it looks great. It's an awesome game. I love playing it. Another game that I've been playing recently is Dynasty Warriors Gundam. Not Dynasty Warriors Gundam Two, but Dynasty Warriors Gundam the original. And oh, I know why in God's name are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know a lot of people are like. Wow! Like, why are you doing that? It's just well, first of all, like I'm a, I'm a um I'm a Gundam fan, and uh, we've been getting uh, images from 
the publisher regarding Dynasty Warriors Gundam 3. So, I saw the images, I'm like, oh, that actually looks pretty good. I, I was, you know, I was interested in it. And so I said, well, let me start from the beginning and let me play the game so that when the third one does come out and, you know, I do the review, which I will, I can compare it against something. And I bought the game and I started playing it and I actually do enjoy it. Now, I wasn't a Dynasty Warriors fan in general. I didn't hate it, but I wasn't a fan because at the time I did play it, I really just felt like it was a hack and slash type of game. But actually, by playing this one, I do realize that there is a bit more strategy involved than I originally thought. So, you know, I've actually been playing that and having a good time. Like, I'm... Just think, I'm playing that over Killzone 3. <laughs> you know? Not saying anything bad about Killzone 3 at all. I'm just playing that over Killzone 3. It just, you know, it's it's keeping my attention. It's all good. Um, the last thing I've been playing is Hard Corpse. Which, we're going to get into that a little... Not, not, not even a little bit later, but, you know, like right in the next section... But oh my god, <laughs> like that game, <laughs> they literally took the soul of Contra and the game, the way we used to play video games and put it into that game. It, it, it does not disappoint at all. Whoever made that game was a very disgruntled person, okay? And they want you to feel their pain. <laughs> That's all I, I have. wouldn't quite say disgruntled. I know um, Arc System Works, um, the guys who are behind the development with Ke- uh, with Konami's blessing and everything. Um, if you've played Blaze Blue or Guilty Gear, and you know how methodical they are, yeah, um, I'll I'll just say that Hard Corpse Uprising, that is a game worthy of manliness. Yes, definitely. Actually, you know what? Well, that's pretty much all I had to say about what I was playing. So we're just going to go right into the next section. Regarding yeah, releases, say. you know, for this month, and we're gonna start with Hardcore since we're already talking about it. That game, if you're ever feeling down, and you know you need to reassure yourself about yourself, you may or may not want to play this game, and this is why. Because if you successfully actually get through some of these levels, you will. You can, nobody can tell you that you're not on top of the world. <laughs> okay. However, if you're one of those people who really can't handle what the game throws at you, it may make you jump off of a bridge, which, you know, depending on who you are, may or may not be good. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute. At what point has anybody jumping off a bridge, like, ever improved their stance in life? Like, you know, that's that's not usually something that's an enhancement. (laughs) I'm not talking about their stance in life for themselves. I'm talking about for us. They're definitely (laughs) everybody else that's still alive. Hey. Oh boy. <laughs> there you but, have it, folks. <laughs> you, you, can, you will be flipping quite the coin if you want to play hardcore and if you want to feel better about yourself. There you go. Oh, yeah. Just some of the. Because uh, like, I've played the full game. Uh, Rob, I know you've played the demo long. Did you, did you play the full game or the demo? I played the demo and I actually decided to take it up a notch and actually use my Hori uh, Rio Arcade Pro EXSE, which has the same Mitsu arcade buttons and stick. And yeah, it felt like playing an arcade version of Contra all over again. It was like, holy crap, my childhood has uh, come back from the dead. What in the world's happening? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it it throws you back. And it's just like, some of the parts you're playing through them, and it's like, how am I supposed to do this? How is this possible? Like, this is not possible. And then it's like, you know, after you continue to play it and play it and play it, and you get the patterns down for that specific area, and you finally come up with a strategy and you get past it, 
you know, then you're like, oh, okay. Man, that was difficult. Actually, like, the one specific... I beat a boss last night. Uh, I should say not just me, but me and my cousin. We beat a boss last night. And it literally took us about maybe 10, almost 15 minutes just to get the guy's armor down to get to the core. And then when we got to the core, it transforms into something else and then you have to fight the core while it's like spinning around and shooting projectiles at you. And it's doing stuff that you have to take into consider like 3D into consideration, but on a 2D plane. It's like, really? Really? You had to? Really? Yep. <laughs> you yeah, know? That was the point. I mean, it really, I mean, they, they've said enough, but uh, it really does completely capture the spirit of Contra. I mean, if you if you go download the demo like I did, just, you know, just, just to see what all the fuss was about. Well, number one, um, I, if I had sat there for a while, I probably could have gotten through the first level of the demo, but otherwise it made me feel like a little bit of a bitch uh, to not be able to just go through it with the three lives that I was given in the first place. Um, but there are bosses that are in hardcores that are not knockoffs, but basically, like they are the bosses from Contra in, in a lot of instances. I mean, you see them and you'll recognize it right away. Like, I, there's definitely new quirks to them. They're not exactly the same old boss, but there's some bosses that are definitely like, that's, I remember this boss. I remember playing this boss when I was, you know, 12 years old <laughs> in <Right>. Contra. So, <laughs> the weird thing is, they have not become any more easier. <laughs> oh, no, no, nothing in the game has gotten any easier, and it's it's weird because in that game you can definitely take more than one hit, but it's not even it really doesn't even make a difference. It's just another excuse for them to up the difficulty some more. Uh, things are going to be running around the screen, people shooting at you, and missiles being dropped. Uh, it's just got a lot of insanity, and uh, I think you had something about the arcade mode versus uprising mode. Oh yeah, <laughs> well yeah, there's a there's a couple of things. First of all. Well, you know, I'll go into that first. The arcade mode versus the rising mode. Um, the rising... I'll start with the rising mode first. Because um, the rising mode... I'm pretty sure they made arcade mode first. And then thought, like, wait a minute. We made the game too hard. Let's make it easier for the pansies. And made rising mode. And even rising mode is difficult. And the only advantages you have is that, you know, in arcade mode... Um, what, you know, the game is based off of credits. Once you run out of credits to continue, you the game is over. So you can get to the last level, run out of credits, and then have to start from the beginning in arcade mode. In rising mode, you actually go level by level. And then you can just start at the beginning of that level even if you run out of credits. Uh, so that's the first thing. Um, I think in rising mode, well, in rising mode for sure, as time progresses, you get more credits. Not so sure about arcade mode. I think arcade mode, you stay with the original amount of credits. But in Rise Mode, you wind up getting more credits. Also, in Arcade Mode, you get upgrades where you can do things like increase your health, uh, get new abilities, make it so that when you get a power-up, it's automatically um, at, the, at its second level or its third level, uh, get extra lives, things like that. So that's Rising Mode. Um, arcade Mode is very hardcore. No upgrades. You start from the beginning when you run out of credits, and, and that's just that. You know, you have, you know, Bahamut, he has three, um, three, three hits he could take, and the, uh, the girl only has, which I, why is her name escaping me right now, but Crystal. it is, Crystal, there you go, she only has two, um, as of right now, we don't know why Crystal only has two health as opposed to Bahamut's three health, um, 
Because they're essentially the same character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I played Crystal, and I'm really looking for a reason here why she only has two health. Like, what is her advantage? Is she faster, stronger? Uh, is her gun better? Anything like that? No. It is not. So this may just be Arc System Works saying that the females are the weaker sex. But they, well, uh, more or less. <laughs> the, the old, like, you know, early 90s, you know, girls have less health because they're girls. You know, that's it. That's There's no other real reason behind it. Just, they have less health. That's all. Yeah, they're exactly. Best, they're not anything. They're just... They're just weaker. They're, they're trying to send <laughs> Crystal a message. Just tell yeah, just tell her to get back in the kitchen, and everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> you know, but uh, hey, that's not us saying that. That's Arc System Works saying that. By the way, <laughs> just there's no confusion. Um, but uh, along with the Rising Mode and Arcade Mode, um, you don't just have to worry about bosses in this game. You actually have to worry about the level itself. And I'm gonna give you an example of what happens. This isn't the very first level. Okay, so you fight a boss. You fight your you fight a boss. Okay, and then you immediately fight another boss right after him. All right. Now you can beat that boss, but what happens after that boss is like you have to jump off of a cliff and catch a helicopter. Okay, you if you miss that helicopter, you can lose, and then you have to fight both bosses over again. Which is just that game's way of saying, you know. Big middle finger, F you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, and the thing is, like, the, this is not me complaining. This is me telling you how awesome this game is. Like, it will actually test your skills as a gamer and keep you alert. You know, like, you can't just sit back and rest after beating a boss or watching, like, a little cutscene and stuff like that. You actually have to stay alert because you never know when the boat's going to blow up, when a cliff's going to pop out, when an enemy's going to pop out from the ground and eat you. You never know. It's a good thing. It's a yeah. good thing, and it's something that doesn't happen enough anymore in games. I mean, Resident Evil 4 definitely messed with that. Like, you know, don't put your controller down because we're going to catch you off guard with something like a giant crocodile eating you or something along those lines. And it's also rare that games really come out and they're really classic, actual, difficult games that are of good quality. Exactly. So thank, I, I thank Arc System Works for what they've done, and um, you know, I hope they continue to do it. Uh, but besides that, the game itself, besides the difficulty and the gameplay being great, it has awesome music, great artwork. So overall, it is a great game. I highly recommend picking it up, and it's 15 bucks. It's great. Um, some people disagree with me. Nobody here, I don't think, disagrees with me, but I've listened to other podcasts, and some people don't like it so much, and they're like, hey, it's just not the game for you. Guess you're just not manly enough, but sorry. Yeah, you know, not everybody can take it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to agree with that sentiment if you don't miss the d uh, days when video games were actually hard and could potentially make you cry or rage quit yeah you were just not manly enough for old school games yeah, yeah. and now there's somebody writing on the forums right now <laughs> talking about our insecurities <laughs> <Sons of bitch>. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's happening right now <laughs> I, hey, I didn't say anything. I played the demo. I mean, I, I can appreciate a classic arcade game, but uh, I'm not I'm not going to delve into questions of manliness or not because I'm sure that uh, some of our girlfriends might be able to whip our butts, you know, in terms of finishing that game before we do. So, yeah. <laughs> nice way to cover, Rob. Good job. Thank you. Uh. <laughs> All right, so moving on. In terms of what else rele released uh, last month, we have Mario Sports Mix, which I was actually a little excited for, but then I read Nick's review on our site, and he's saying it's not that great. 
uh, he says the concept is there, the gameplay is there, but it's just too easy. Because it's backwards from most Nintendo sports games involving their actual characters. Usually the games are impossible because the AI always catches up. Yeah, yeah. so I was a little surprised at that. Uh, Dragon Quest VI, which um, Jess reviewed on our site, she likes it. Um, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, which uh, we've all played. Uh, uh, I guess quick thoughts on it. Why don't you go first, Rob? Uh, I know that a lot of people are kind of against it because it's they feel like it's made, been made too easy. I actually like it a bit. It doesn't require as much in the way of... I don't know how to how to put it really, but they've simplified it, but they didn't make the game easy to me. Uh, it it was basically just instead of we're gonna have six buttons, it was we're gonna make it down to a light hard, like medium hard, you know, attacks, and then have a special button which does launches different you know different aspects of things uh, in in terms of the game. I, I feel like it's it's pretty good, honestly. Uh, I guess I'm a little disappointed with the number of characters in the game, but every character actually feels like fully fleshed out and not just a copy of some other character even even when you're talking about Wolverine next 23 like they they are two pretty different characters so overall I'm pleased with it it's a good time okay what about you Wong? um as far as my thoughts on uh, Marvel versus Capcom 3 I'm not really gonna spoil it anything that I have on my review because that should be due on the side soon but um, I will give everyone who's wondering about my review fair warning I will be writing it the review in the perspective of a person who plays uh, very formally as a tournament player. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I will be writing everything from a tournament perspective for players that are very serious on fighting games because I grew up playing very serious fighting games. And as far as perspective on things, I feel that Marvel vs. Capcom 3 will n probably not last the test of time unlike Marvel vs. Capcom 2 did, but, you know, uh, we'll see in a decade or so. Uh, that's really going to be my thoughts on it, and I'll let my review speak the rest of my piece. Okay. Uh, cool. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, I do enjoy Marvel vs. Capcom 2, or I say I did enjoy Marvel vs. Capcom 2 a bit more. Um, but I, I really can't put my finger on it. Why I get, maybe, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know why. Maybe it was just at the time when I was playing it, I was young, I was still in high school, had more time to play it than I have to play versus Marvel's Capcom three. I was a bit disappointed with the character selection, just like Rob was. Uh, but I think they're going to push out more characters via the DLC. And that's really what they're banking on. Um, Marvel's Capcom to me is a series that has always been, I'm not going to say really casual, but it was more casual than a lot of the other fighting games out there at the time. Even Marvel's Capcom 2 um, was really casual, easy to pick up, easy to play, and it was a game that you can grow in, so if you practice a lot, you could definitely, you know, get good at it. And I think Marvel's Capcom 3 kind of follows suit, makes it a little bit easier for the... Um, you know, for the uh, casual gamer, people who play with the controller. Uh, actually, I was out at Winter Brawl last week, and I was not last week, yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, this weekend. <laughs> yeah, this weekend. <laughs> and um, I did see there. There were, you know, of course, all, a lot more. The vast majority, almost every player who was actually playing, you know, in the t the competition was using the fight stick. But uh, in the cat, not the casual area, but the area where people were kind of just facing off against each other. 
there were people who used controllers versus fight sticks, and the fight stick guys, they always won. I haven't seen a person with controller win against a fight stick once. But the guys with the controllers were actually able to at least not get destroyed. Like, they were able to keep up somewhat until somebody with a... Uh, somebody that was good with a fight stick would come up and just dem- uh, you know demolish them. But, you know, it's... Marvel's Capcom 3 was definitely, is definitely... Um, uh, casual friendly, and I can't say anything bad about that because I am not a uh, hardcore on the fighting games. Um, but uh, yeah, besides Marvel vs. Capcom 3, we also had Killzone 3, and I have not had a chance to play that. Did anybody else play Killzone 3? I flubbed around with the demo a bit. I actually liked it quite a bit, and I think I'm going to get the game. I just have not yet. So, I don't know, I can't really say too much more than that, because, I mean, the demo's pretty readily available. Uh, if anybody saw the, the E3 clips and stuff like that, it's basically that level of messing around with the jetpack and all that kind of stuff. Um, it seemed pretty high quality to me. I, I, liked, I liked what I saw. All right, what about you, Wong? Um, played the demo, was rather pleased with the demo. Just uh, I have played Killzone 2, and as odd as this may seem coming out for me, it seemed like they were catering and pandering a little more to the Call of Duty crowd in Killzone 3 because it's a little less hardcore than Killzone 2 was. But, I mean, at the implementation with the 3D and then also the move implementation and um, how a lot of reviews around the web have said, you know, playing with the PlayStation sharpshooter is actually really fun and motion gaming is really not a gimmick in this game. Um, really has me curious on it and... Um, I may have to pick it up later on and get the move and sharpshooter uh, package together for it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't play Killzone 2, so therefore I didn't really, I wasn't really interested in playing Killzone 3. I played Killzone 1, I fell asleep, and so I never just picked up Killzone 2. Um, and of course, I, when I played Killzone 1, it was a long time ago. I, I just really, that game really didn't do it for me. Maybe because it was a little, I felt it was a little overhyped. Like uh, a lot of people called it a Halo killer, and I really disagree. And I'm not a Halo fanboy, like at all. Um, so I never played Killzone two, and I hate playing like games like that, like you know, in succession. Uh, that well, you know, I hate jumping into the third game without knowing the story. Like if I didn't play Assassin's Creed, I would have never played Assassin's Creed two or uh, Brotherhood. Is I guess is a better example. Yeah, it's kind of like jumping into God of War 3 and never having played the other ones. Having no clue as to who Kratos is, but just going ahead and playing it anyway. Like, exactly. Why is he killing all these people? This weird game. Why is he so angry? God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I um, I really don't like doing that. So maybe if I actually get my hands on Killzone 2, I talked to my cousin who played it, and he says, you really don't need to play Killzone 1 to play Killzone 2, so I'm going to try it out, and if I like Killzone 2, I'll check out Killzone 3. I have a move, so I guess I can take advantage of that feature, but when I play, I've only played one shooter on the move so far, and that was the Time Crisis that came out uh, back in October. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, it's not even like um, the Time Crisis with, it's not even like the regular Time Crisis mode that I'm talking about. They have a free-roaming game in that game they have a free roaming like um where you can actually control where you're going and aim and stuff like that but the funny thing about it is it's like they didn't change the ai from the the rail shooter 
That's so it's strange. <laughs> I need to go pick my brains up because they just exploded all behind me. It's, <laughs> it's odd. <laughs> it's really funny because like I'm standing up, I'm shooting, and like a guy will pop up, look at me, turn around, and run away to cover. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was just. I think the word I'm looking for is befuddled <laughs> when I played that game. Like I had a huge question mark above my head when I played that part. So the entire time, <laughs> the entire time I played that mode. So uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Short story. A uh, well, long story short. Don't pick that game up. <laughs> but um, Killzone Three might be worth it. You know, like if you're if you're into Killzone, like, I don't know. Um, I know Nick is going to be uh, Nick's going to be doing the review on our site. So you know that's going to be up soon. So just look out for it. Uh, other than kills on three, what else we got? We all oh, cities in motion. Um, cities in motion. Do, do you, well, first of all, do you guys know anything about cities in motion? Honestly, I have to admit to not knowing anything about it, even though we've had stuff up on the site about it. Just not something I really paid attention to. I haven't messed around with a game like that since SimCity, <laughs> so I don't have much interest. Gotcha. How about you, Long? Um, I've read a little bit up on it, and I mean, just seems like. As a SimCity store sort of game that's more centric on the transportation of a city, and read Kathy's review that was posted onto our site, and you know it seems like an interesting concept. Just uh, at least from what I was inferring from Kathy's review and everything, it just seemed like there are a lot of implementation problems that weren't quite cleared up. And you know, hopefully the dev is being really, really studious about watching the feedback of. Uh, reviews online or wherever and hopefully they fix those things because i think it could be a really really fun game but you know bad implementation will kill any game no matter how fun the concept is uh well the city's emotion like i wouldn't say it's like a sim city with focus on transportation like you do no building like you, you cannot build or mold or shape the city at all they're already done. So only thing you can do is transportation. Um, there were some issues with the game originally. Actually, the build we got, we, we, we didn't get the final, final build. We got a review build. Um, and I know there was a, uh, a, a, a patch that came out the day the game came out. So it probably fixed some of the issues that Kathy was dealing with. Uh, but that game, which I didn't play it, so I can't say it's good or bad. But it, based off of what I've read and Kathy's review and what I know about it, I think it's pretty in-depth. And for those people who like simulation games or or transportation simulators, which apparently there's a, a decent-sized calling for games like that, I think they will really enjoy this game. Uh, one feature that I thought was actually really unique is that each individual citizen in the city has their own individual AI which means they have their own personality. They like uh, to go specific places. They work in specific places. They live in specific places. And to make them happy, you have to meet their needs. You know, so uh, if you have a stop where you have a couple citizens that are unhappy and you want to make them happy, you might want to follow them around to see where they go. And, you know, if if you can justify putting an extra bus stop or making the tram run in that direction or you know stuff like that that may make him happy i thought that was very unique but with with the tool sets you get uh from what i can see it i I think the game uh at least for a simulation game is really good it's not a game for everybody for sure it's just a game that uh you know if you if you like simulation games i I think you're really gonna like it but what do i know because i don't really like simulation games (laughs) 
So. You know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like a nice, you know, like it's a nice simulation game for those people. Uh, so, Cities in Motion came out last month. Uh, Bionic Commando Rearm Two. I didn't play. It. Did you guys play that? No, no interest. Didn't play the first Rearmed either. Uh, same here on that. Uh, I mean, love the original back on uh, the arcade and the Nintendo, but didn't play the Rearmed and Rearmed Two. Uh, portion of the games. Jason Worsitz played that game, and um, I think he, I'm pretty sure that he liked it. I played the original Rearmed, and I, th- it made me question why I liked the original Bionic Commando. <laughs> That's not <laughs> Yeah, it really did. Like, I, play, I played Bionic Commando Rearmed, and I'm like, huh, why did I like this game as a kid? Probably because he had a robotic arm, and I was a kid. You know, <laughs> it was... it, 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 when you're a kid, that's a good enough reason. I didn't even know he was fighting Nazis then. I really I had no idea until later in life. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, I, I think it really is something to do with the fact that it's like, holy crap, he's got a bionic arm and he can swing from stuff. That's good enough reason. That yeah. didn't need anything else. Exactly. Now, um, I should say last but not least, that came out last month is Bulletstorm. <laughs> Now, I'm going to let Rob go first, since you're actually reviewing the game. I know you're playing this. I'm going to let you go first, and tell me what you think about that a little. Uh, I mean, it's created a lot of controversy. How about that to start with? <laughs> like, <laughs> and for weird reasons. I mean, there's definitely, if, if nobody is familiar with it, it's a first-person shooter uh, done by People Can Fly uh, and Epic Games. Uh, Cliff Bozinski's had his hands in a little bit. Uh, basically, it's... A more over-the-top sci-fi shooter it doesn't it doesn't really try and take itself too seriously. Um, it, it basically kind of ironic in a way at the the way that it does certain things. Uh, I know that Jared had an issue with uh, that it tried to be a little too manly and failed hard on that on that count. Whereas I just saw it as being ironic. Oh yeah, I'm gonna uh, talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I just saw it being ironic uh, as a kind of not necessarily a social commentary on on how games have been lately, but just on a just on a type of it's supposed to be humorous. It's not supposed to be taken that seriously. Uh, I mean, it has a story. It's got some decent characters in it so far. But really, the star of the game is the skill shots. Uh, it, basically, you have different weapons that you can use to kill enemies in creative fashion. You know. Basically, you know, kick it. You can, and you have a leash uh, as well as your weapon, as well as being able to kick and slide into guys. Uh, you leash guys to pull them towards you. So, say you pull a guy towards you and catch him on a spike on a, you know, on a, on like a, on a, on a wall or something. Then it's it. You get a voodoo doll skill shot. Uh, and there's lots of different names for all of them. Some of them are pretty offensive, and then we're gonna get into a little bit later. But stuff like gangbang uh, for killing groups of a, a group of enemies with an explosion has kind of created a little bit of controversy and I say a little bit in the means that I mean a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah when but, I say uh, a little bit I mean a lot <laughs> yeah but uh, I mean all in all I mean I'm not taking the game too seriously because I don't the game really isn't meant to be taken seriously I can understand feeling that it's inappropriate but the game itself is really just supposed to be fun and so far that's what it's been Uh there's there's just a lot of ridiculousness in the game, and when you look at it as just that, it's kind of hard to really be angry with the game as being some sort of, you know, Grand Theft Auto license to murder, kill, rape everybody in the, in the universe or anything. It's, it's really just supposed to be a fun game. Not for everybody, but fun. 
Okay, how long? You have any comments before I start? Yeah. Um, as far as Bulletstorm 2, I don't personally feel it's worth the 60 buck price tag because it just seems like it's more centric on the trick shots versus like having a big multiplayer aspect or an, a really extensive story or things like that. Other than that, I mean, I'll probably be looking forward to it when it hits the bargain bin, and yeah, I'll probably pick it up and play around with it and play around with the sort of co-op mode-ish thing that they've got going on because I know they couldn't fully do the co-op due to the co-op completely destroying the game, but, uh, you know, really, um, I'm looking forward to when Rob puts that review out. Okay. So here we go. This is what I have to say about Bulletstorm. And at first I want to start with, Bulletstorm does not offend me at all. So I don't even want you to, you know, put your fanboy flags down and, you know, don't don't try to thrash me for being offended by Bulletstorm because that's not the case. Bulletstorm does definitely not offend me. They can say whatever they want. I really don't care. Um, first of all, I'm going to have to piggyback on what Long says. I don't think it's worth the 60 bucks. Uh, and this is based off of playing the demo, and you could easily say, "Well, that's just the demo." Well, the demo is supposed to is what's supposed to get you to play the you know buy the game, so that's what I have to base it off of. Um, yeah, <laughs> the demo, the base, the game just seems like a uh, almost like a score rush with guns. You know what I'm saying? Like you pretty much, and even in the demo, they keep focusing on the fact that you going back, playing the levels, killing people in different ways, racking up a high score, and, you know. Which, if it was, like, uh, a cave shooter, maybe I'd be okay with that. Um, but in terms of actually a first-person shooter, like, I don't play first-person shooters to rack up scores. I play, you you know, you play first-person shooters for good gameplay dynamics, uh, making it through the story, things like that. I mean, it's a beautiful game. It definitely looks good. Uh, it sounds good. And the, the weapons are, are pretty cool. But in terms of actual gameplay... It's pretty shallow. Um, it's just you go through and you just kill a whole bunch of enemies and try to rack up scores, and that's it. Also, with Rob said earlier, like the game, it tries too hard to be manly. And I really do. I just it just tries too hard to be manly uh, with the naming of some of the trick shots, like Gang Bang. Once again, I don't care they call it Gang Bang, but they're just trying to make the game feel hardcore, you know what I'm saying, I think they're trying it a little bit too hard, then at the end of the demo, the demo calls me dick tits, that's not even funny, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't even, it's not even, it's not even funny, like, it doesn't sound funny at all, like, I can appreciate crude, hu crude humor, if it's funny, you know what I'm saying, well, I really don't care that it called me dick tits, but it's just like, uh, oh, buy the game, dick tits, and it's, it's not funny, you're just trying too hard, to be manly or hardcore, uh, it's kind of like uh, I only thing I can really compare it to around this time is you know EA's campaign about Dead Space scares your mother or mothers don't approve of Dead Space is like like what am I yeah, exactly who's <laughs> like what, like what am I twelve <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's like, called me a name I'm gonna go buy your game now because now I'm intimidated because you called me bitch tits oh yeah. yeah. You call it? I'm, I'm dick tits because I'm not playing the game. Nah, I'm gonna buy your game. And I'm gonna beat your game. Like, how is that supposed to work? Really? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. So uh, the game, like they, they failed. One, first of all, they failed to show me in terms of gameplay why I should buy this game. And two, it feels like they're overcompensating because they know the game is not that great in terms of uh, 
gameplay. So therefore, they they want to you know they say things and they advertise and uh, in almost such a manner that makes it feel like you know this is you know this is a manly game. So therefore, you have to play it to be a man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, we already we've already established that you need to play hard corpse to be a man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, but that's just the, basically the way I felt about it, and it doesn't seem—it doesn't feel worth the sixty dollars, you know. And that—that's just—that's basically how I feel about it. Now, there's a lot of reviews that are already out saying, "Hey, it's fun," and I can totally respect that. I'm not going to tell anybody that Bulletstorm is not fun for them. But if I want to have fun with a game, well, first of all, for I have to say this for me. Um, having fun with the game includes having good gameplay, uh, challenging gameplay, and something that makes me feel like, okay, I just spent an hour and it was worth do- spending this hour in this game. But at the same time, like every game that I own is fun. I can choose any one of these games to have fun with. Like I don't need to buy spend an additional sixty dollars to have fun. And it's not that different. You know, it's not like you know a di- really mu- that much of a different type of fun either. So. That's why I won't be buying Bulletstorm, and I probably won't be hitting the bargain bin for it either. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. And that's, uh, <laughs> and that's the games for this month. <laughs> <laughs> Dick tits. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that, that was major releases. Um, There are a few indie releases that... uh. That I was would be shorter. Yeah, <laughs> they were noticeable. Um, the box cometh actually just came out last week. Uh, Jess reviewed that and she enjoyed it. It's a nice little iPhone game. It was actually a flash game beforehand. Uh, you might actually want to read up on it because um, there was some trouble with another developer stealing that game, stealing the gameplay for for the box cometh, and actually taking a character from another game, putting them together, and releasing his version of the game on uh, the App Store before the Blocks Cometh came out, and that's actually a really interesting story, and brings up some valid concerns about people stealing games and putting them on the App Store. Uh, Explodemon also came out, and that review actually just went on the site yesterday, so uh, Long, you ha- you reviewed Explodemon, what, just, what did you think about it? Explodemon, as far as my thoughts on it, it was a good little time warp to back in the day when uh, the Super Nintendo was at its heyday and everything, and you had games like you know Mega Man X, uh, Super Mario World, and things like that. But it also refreshes things with uh, unique concepts that are found in modern games, like you know uh, things like Halo and Half Life Two. So I mean, it's very fresh and it's very fun, and I really, really liked it. There were some things that I had some gripes with, as some readers may have seen on my review. Uh, my real big stickling point was the fact that, you know, I didn't get much of a choice between using a D-pad versus using the left analog stick. And um, for those folks who have PS3s out there, uh, you might feel the same way, you might not. Uh, The left analog stick is not in the best position, and a good portion of the review, I ended up actually having to plug in my PowerA uh, Pro EX controller, which is actually shaped more like a 360 controller. And just to help me do the review uh, as far as comfort reasons go. But, um, yeah, uh, it's unfortunately a short game because I actually really liked it and wish it would have lasted a little more than um, four-plus hours or so. But, you know, 
if you like games that foster exploring and platforming and stuff like that, yeah, definitely go and pick it up from the PlayStation Store. It's 10 bucks, and, you know, it's probably going to be well worth it if you're a fan of those old-school sort of games. Okay. Uh, besides Explodemon, there was also Stacking. I didn't play Stacking. Rob, did you play Stacking? Yeah, that was one of my uh, one of my games I played you know, right. during the course of the month. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, so, um, why don't you... What did you think about it? Uh, it's... Well, for one thing, uh, I'll mention that if you are not a PlayStation Plus member, really, you probably should get on that. Uh, so far, I found PlayStation Plus to be quite worth the investment of 50 bucks. Uh, for those who don't know, they give you free months, free games every month, and more than just one. Uh, there's PlayStation Network titles they give you. Some major, you know, sometimes it's a more major title. But uh, this past month, uh, Stacking was one of those titles. For the price of free, it's amazing. <laughs> and for its actual price, which I think is 15 bucks, it's still a really good game. Uh, the Double Fine has definitely gone in the direction of having games be, or at least it seems like that they've gone to doing smaller games that are more like bite-sized chunks, and yet they're actually, they have that same quality out of games like, you know, Psychonauts and things like that, and Stacking's not really an exception to that at all. Uh, Costume Quest is amazing as well, and Stacking kind of follows right up on that. I don't remember the technical name for what the dolls are, but they're like the little Russian dolls where you open them up and there's more dolls inside, uh, and those are the characters in the game. So during the course of the game, you're the smallest of those dolls, and you actually like... Basically, it's it's kind of funny in a way, but you basically sneak up on other dolls that are like, you know, you sneak up on the doll that's the next size up from you, and then you, you become like the same character with your character inside of that doll, but each doll has like different abilities and things like that. And basically, you go through the game trying to like get your family back together because all of your siblings have been kidnapped, and your and your father uh, was was shipped off somewhere to like a working plant sort of deal. Uh, so it's actually got you know interesting story characters. All the the cinematics, quote unquote, in between are actually done like old real like old silent film like real style uh, with the dolls, which is pretty fantastic. It's got very high artistic value um, and the game is, itself is fun and like I said, for the price of free amazing, so get on that <laughs> <laughs> Alright, okay, so I guess that's everything we have for releases in general uh, let's move on to some of the news that, been, that happened last month uh, first off, I'll start with uh, Gunstringer uh, Twisted Pixel announced Gunstringer as uh, their next game, which is a actually, I'm sorry uh, they've already announced Mrs. Explode Mon- uh, not Mrs. Explode Mon- sorry. <laughs> Mrs. Uh-oh. Mrs. Explosion <laughs> Man. They've already announced that uh, as one of their next projects, but also they announced uh, the Gunstringer. And this is a Kinect title. Basically, the information that we've got from it so far is that you are playing as a, uh, a marionette, pretty much. Uh, undead marionette. Uh, you were shot in the back by your old gang and betrayed, and then you, you know, you you feel this pulling force, which apparently is the strings uh, of the uh, the marionette doll. You know, and you get brought back to life, and it's you know you're back for revenge. And that's pretty much all we know about it at this point. Uh, but it is going to be for Connect. Uh, I really haven't seen too much in terms of how you're supposed to play it or what's really going to make it different. 
uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not a Connect fan, but I'm not gonna discredit uh, Twisted Pixel because I, I enjoy their games. Uh, you know, Explosion Man, Comic Jumper. You know, those were great games. Uh, of course, they've had more than that, but you know, those are the ones that I enjoy the most. Uh, but uh, you know, normally I buy. Oh, it's a Connect game, whatever. But it's since it's Twisted Pixel, I'm gonna give it more credit than I would, normally would. I will be playing that game at PAX though, uh, PAX East. So you know, you'll hear more about that either in the next podcast or you know, if you go to the site sometime. We'd appreciate it, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's uh, it'll be up there. But uh, you two, anything on Gunstringer? Heard anything or uh, thoughts? Uh, not much more than you've already mentioned, honestly. So I'm, I'll just pretty much leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What you said already. How about you, Long? Um, pretty much. I've just heard as much as you've ha- uh, you have, Jarrett. So, um, that's as much as I know. Okay. Uh, now, um, something that uh, I was very pleased about was the Medal of Honor 2 being confirmed. Like, it wasn't an official announcement for Medal of Honor 2 from Danger Close, uh, but there was some communication from the da- from the team that there is, uh, that Washington said there is, but uh, Medal of Honor 2 is in the works. Yeah, I'm hoping that Danger Close actually takes control of the multiplayer for this one um, as we've discussed on the versus podcast um having dice do the multiplayer probably wasn't the best idea but um loved the single player portion so i just hope that danger close actually gets to work on the multiplayer for once um i don't necessarily like i do like dice multiplayer i, I just want the, the i want the multiplayer to be worked on in general <laughs> you know like uh you got to do something. Like we had, you know, we already had the podcast Medal of Honor versus Call of Duty. Um, you know, they really need to work on that multiplayer because that multiplayer is not even as good as Modern Warfare was. Not Modern Warfare Two, but modern, you know, like the Modern Warfare that came out in 07, I believe. Um, so they really need to work on that multiplayer. But the single player is fantastic. The single player alone makes the game worth sixty bucks. Um, Rob, you got any thoughts? Uh, pretty much. Uh, well, I did the write up for uh, the fact that they had announced it. I mean, usually it takes a lot to for a company, a major company, especially the big release, to say, "Yeah, we're actually working on that right now," or "We're doing this," or "We're doing that." And they really just came out and said, "We're working on it as of right now." So <laughs> it was kind of a nice news to hear. It wasn't necessarily surprising. I mean, it's it's just nice to hear they're working on it. Much like Long already said, I do hope Danger Close takes full reign of the the whole project. I would like to see them do the multiplayer too to see what they do with that. Uh, I think it was a little bit too divided to have Dice do it because the multiplayer, which is strange because Bad Company and Battlefield has been good, but the ba- but the multiplayer and, and Medal of Honor really it wasn't there at all. Like the single player was the reason you got was really the reason you get Medal of Honor, not the other way around. Um, so hopefully we see more about that. You know, I'm I'm sure more stuff will come out in the future uh, because there's no time frame yet. It's really just they're working on it. So we'll get more we'll get more details in the future. I just hope to see Danger Close. You know, be more have their hands in the whole project instead of just half of it. Yeah, I mean, either way, just whoever does the multiplayer, just just make it a good multiplayer. That's all I really care about. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, now. Uh, I guess n- now starts the bad news. Well, actually, no, it, there's another piece of good news 
before we start with the bad news, because I'm pretty sure everything else here would be bad news. <laughs> um, GTA 5 may be on the way. This is not necessarily good news for me, because I really did not enjoy GTA 4. I'm not going to sit here and bash it. It just wasn't for me. <laughs> like, I, like, I enjoy GTA, uh, but GTA 4 was not for me. Didn't, didn't, uh, didn't like it. Uh, now, there has been no official announcement of GTA 5. However, there has been several domains, domains, uh, domains registered, uh, and, uh, we're thinking that it's well, not just us, but uh, Kotaku uh, is where we actually got this information. We're thinking that uh, they're thinking that G uh, GTA may be the reason why these domains uh, were registered, and then uh, the domain names were Cash for Dead Dreams, Six Figure Temps, Stop Paying Your Mortgage dot net, uh, Hammersteinfaust.com, and LifeInvader.com. These are clear. You know, plays on you know, you know, like like your cash for gold and uh, the ladders, life lock, yeah, yeah, life lock, you know, stuff like that. And the reason why they think that, well, not just them, but you know, anybody who would see these domains, any reason, any re reason why people think that this means GTA Five is because you know, Rockstar is known for their uh, their viral marketing when it comes to these games. You know, you, you can see, you know, you can go to different websites f from that you heard about in GTA 4, and they actually exist out on the internet. Uh, you guys have any uh, anything to say about this, or any comments? Uh, well, uh, mostly that uh, it's it also is a, a precedent that's been set in the past. I mean, usually every time that they're, not necessarily that it's right around the corner or anything, but, you know, before you start hearing news about the, the game actually being in development or whatever's going on with it for a GTA, that there usually is, like, a, a slew of very odd domains being, you know, registered by Take-Two. Um, so they're also been, you know, very... Very, it's very much the Grand Theft Auto's mark to to kind of like do modern day satire. So when something is going on in like modern day, they usually take the time to poke fun at it, even if it's not a major part of their story, because uh, they always have all the radio stations going where it's like definite plays on on stuff that's happening in the you know in the the real world, quote unquote. But uh, with you know, it seems like you know a lot of stuff dealing with the fact that we've been in a been in a depression are in a depression whatever you want to call it uh, or at least a recession uh so with the the cash for gold and the life lock knockoffs and stuff like that it definitely definitely points the sign towards if it maybe even if it's not gta 5 but there's some something gta related coming out soon how about you long anything um as far as uh gt5 uh being under development um yeah i think Rob basically summed most of it up because uh, most of the most of the advertisements on the radio and everything they do poke fun of what's going on because I know like uh, when I was playing GTA 4, you had some of the radio advertisements kind of poking about what was going on current then. So seeing these URLs, it's kind of I guess you can say a no-brainer that uh, they're probably got GTA 5 real close by and. We can expect some of these little URLs to be used in some of their little radio skits. Okay. Uh, now, I guess, on to the bad news. Which is everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yes, pretty much. It's a, the internet didn't fail us, but it didn't bring us great, it didn't bring us great happy news to tell you guys. There's a lot of <laughs> weird and odd and 
all yeah. around, just kind of on the, the, the flip side of things. <laughs> well, you, you actually know this next news may be, may be good for some people, depending on who you are or what type of games you like, but I like. But um, Activision canceled Guitar Hero. You know, it, the Guitar Hero series is done at this point. Now, I've talked to several people who hate Guitar Hero because they hate seeing people walk around and buy cases for their plastic guitars, their plastic toy guitars. Um, me, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. You do whatever makes you happy. Uh, but for you Guitar Hero fans, not looking good. Um, there is some new news that apparently there will be some additional DLC for Guitar Hero. Like, they're not just going to squash it completely, but no new Guitar Hero in uh, production. It's just a bad time for the music game genre uh, genre uh, in general. I don't know if they crushed DJ Hero or not, but I do know they said that they weren't going, they weren't working on any new games in that genre right now. But they definitely put their foot down and says Guitar Hero series is done, uh, which was pretty obvious after Five came out. I think. I mean, everybody knew Activision was going to you know, pump it, you know, squeeze blood from that stone as long as they could get it like they do with everything else, actually. But, <laughs> yeah, <pretty laughs> but uh, much. I, I don't know if it was necessarily expected that Guitar Hero, something that's been around for as long as it has, would get would get killed off that quick. But it seems like Activision's doing a lot of that lately with the reshuffling and killing off of studios and games and different things because they're just not profitable enough for Activision. But hey, I mean, there is still Rock Band. I mean, yeah, Rock Band got sold to itself basically, but they're still around. So go get the better music game anyway. Although I know some people will disagree with me, I do think that Rock Band is the better music game. So I'm not hurt, but too much by Guitar Hero going away. Yeah, I, personally, I never really played Guitar Hero. Though. Um, I played. Well, I should say I played it like once or twice. Wasn't really into it. Um, played Rock Band. I have some friends that like to play Rock Band, and pretty much I used to play it with them but i haven't even really been playing that um and plus the only thing i really played was the bass you know because i gotta play the bass since i'm black all black people play bass yeah go figure <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that's a little that's a little bit of factual information for you guys you can talk about that if you want to <laughs> but um no, but I, not the drums, but the bass yes. <laughs> and we all keep bass guitars in our basements so <laughs> but um and if anybody didn't catch it that's a South Park reference please don't send me emails <laughs> I'd appreciate it sons of bitches <laughs> exactly what's wrong with them this used to be wholesome entertainment <laughs> no but um yeah like uh I'll play Rock Band a little bit and even if Rock Band were to go down the tubes I really wouldn't care but I know there's a lot of people who do like to play it out there, so that's bad news for you guys. Um, but as of right now, I do. Uh, Rock Band apparently is still pushing forward. Um, so I guess that's a ray of light in the darkness for the fans of the music genre. Another piece of bad news, or at least for me, um, Max Payne 3 is nowhere to be found. Uh, Take 2 had their third quarter of financials. Did not mention Max Payne 3 at all. Um, the one of the individuals at that uh, at that you know financial results meeting asked uh, asked the, like you know where's Max Payne 3, 
and the response is we have not announced any updates on the release window for Max Payne 3 and it was left at that um, personally I think they scrapped the game and they're starting over again which I can't say I would be too disappointed at because when I saw Max Payne like the, the screenshots that I saw like first of all the sun's out which is a Max Payne no-no <laughs> okay second of all he is, well, he's just wearing a wife beater, and it actually looks like he's sweating. That means he's in a tropical area, uh, which I think the game is supposed to take place in Brazil or something like that, correct? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was at least when they first started talking about it, it was definitely supposed to take place in Brazil because they have all like the big rooftop chases and multi-layered environments and all that kind of stuff they were talking about. Yeah. Basically, basically nothing Max Payne at all, really, except for the character who looks almost as radical a departure as Sam Fisher looked like a hobo when they were talking about, you know, the, the new Splinter Cell and whatnot, so... Yeah. yeah, see, that like that's not Max Payne. I'm sorry, you can say, like, I'm stuck in the old ways, but when you paint a game in a certain way, I mean, that's that, that's the way it is. Like, Max Payne is... It needs to be done in a city, nighttime, cold. You know, that's a part of the feeling of the game. It's a noir, you know... It's supposed to be a noir style, so like you can depart from that a bit, but to go that far in the opposite direction, you know, okay, so he's older now, but now he's just in Brazil during the daytime fighting random gang people. It's it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. Like I, if they, if I don't, I don't want them to cancel it. Don't get me wrong. Don't want them to cancel it. However, if they scrapped that project and decided to actually do a good Max Payne game instead, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I'm perfectly okay with that. But, uh, yeah, it's a bit of bad news for those of us who who enjoy the Max Payne series. long you get into the Max Payne at all? Um, love the first one. Second one was okay. Um, I don't know why I wasn't quite a fan of the second one. And then when I saw the development stuff on the third one, uh, when they had a little bit of the spy shots and everything, I was like, eh, now you're straying a little too far. So I'm going to be with uh, Jarrett's camp on this one. Keep it in a dark, cold city, damn it. Yeah, seriously. And by the way, I just wanted to let you know, um, when you say that you don't like the second Max Payne, that's actually a curse word to me. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I love the second Max Payne. I really did. Um Max Payne 2 was one of those games where it, I think, I don't want to say it introduced Havoc physics to games, but in my opinion, it was the first one to really use it really well. Like, I remember playing it and, like, I uh, you know, did a bullet time shot, or well, a couple bullet time shots against this guy, and as the bullets was hitting his shirt, like, from the point of impact, it would wave out, and I'm like, that is so cool, and it just made killing that guy that much sweeter. So, I guess that can actually go into a conversation we're going to have a little bit later about the rape doctor. But, but um... Oh, boy. Yeah, that, 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 that conversation... <laughs> and that's definitely going to require a little bit of explanation later. So yes. Yeah, that, 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 that conversation's on the way. But moving on, very, very sad news. Uh, February 18th, I believe, was the day that yep. Bizarre Studios closed their door permanently. Bizarre. They shuttered the studio. Yeah, Bizarre Studios is dead. And that's that's really sad because throughout the years, they have made a lot of great games. I mean, I believe they opened their doors in 1994. And, uh, you know, they made games... My, my first 
great experience with Bazaar was Metropolis Street Racer. I love Metropolis Street Racer. Um, they also made like Fur Fighters, Geometry Wars, Project Gotham Racing, like Blur, and 007. Well, I shouldn't say that's, that was a great game. 007 Bloodstone was a, it was a good game. Uh, it didn't get as much credit as, as it deserved. But, um, you know, the, the other games I mentioned, Project Gotham Blur, excellent, excellent games. And I was just sad to really see him go. I was going to give you guys a, a chance to actually slide in there without me asking well, I, your opinion. I, I, thought that, I, I thought we were having a moment of silence. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, was Sam, I, I thought with Rob that I was like, yeah, I, I think this is uh, the moment of silence to mourn for poor Bizarre. Let me get let me get my trumpet out. <laughs> yeah, but sad times. But I guess you know we definitely already talked about it last month in terms of they they've made good games that they and even at the their low point technically you know speaking when the when you're talking about Blur and 007 Bloodstone even their low point was better than most developers ever get to they it was they were good games that just didn't sell that well which is not all that uncommon in video games now um it's not all bad news necessarily but we'll get to that so you know yeah, you're actually right. That's not all bad news. What? No, no. That is all bad news. But <laughs> <laughs> the good news is that um, uh, I, I know the entire team didn't come back, but um, there is a new studio form called Lucid, uh, and that is with the old team from Bazaar. Uh, one person I know that is not there for sure is uh, Gareth Wilson, the, f- the former design uh, manager. Uh, for the studio, he went to a studio called Sumo Digital, but Lucid was created, uh, I think the news for this just came out on the 25th, uh, Lucid has been formed, so hopefully we will see some, you know, some some some, some good games from Lucid, since it should be the, the majority of their team. Yeah, I'm really hoping that Lucid continues the spirit of Bizarre, because um, Bizarre was just more gameplay focused, and you know that's a thing that most modern developers, or rather modern major developers, lack nowadays. Because it's just like, well, we got to make this look like eye candy, or we got to make this easy to play, or whatever. But you know, Bizarre was just all about, you know, let's make the game fun to play first, because if it's no fun, what's the point? Right. Well, the thing and the thing is with Bizarre, not only do they focus on gameplay, they their games also look great. Like Bizarre, not Bizarre. Sorry, Blur looked great. Project Gotham Racing looked great. Um, even 007 Bloodstone looked great. <laughs> but um, you know, just I guess it just wasn't enough. Yeah, and I believe that kind of leads us to our little monthly discussion we posted up a few days ago. Would that be correct, Jarrett? It does, but we're actually going to get into that a little later. We're gonna, we have to finish delivering the bad news. Bad <laughs> news. <laughs> <laughs> Do not shoot the messenger. We, we are the bearers. Um, I mean, I guess, well, amongst other things, the, there is that, if we're going to talk about studios being shuttered and people getting let go, uh, there was the news on Bungie uh, that may or may not be entirely true, but there is some credence to the rumor that uh, Activision may be forcing them into some layoffs. But uh, Jared will tell you a little more about that. Yes. Um, there have been rumors floating around that... Uh, that pretty much Activision has been forcing Bungie to 
let go some of their contractors. Uh, Bungie is saying that this is in no way, shape, or form true. Uh, however, the contractors, well, one contractor said they were let go without no reason. Uh, however, they were in contact with another contractor that worked with Bungie who was actually an IT contractor. And the IT contractor showed him mail that's citing, uh, you know, they're being let go for project sensitivity and budgetary concerns from the publisher, who is Activision. Um, if if this is true, I can't say that I'm surprised. Uh, Activision definitely shows that, uh, you know, they care about the money, which I can't even say is a bad thing. I can't even try to, you know, dig in them on that because every major publisher cares about the money because that's what makes the world go round. But... I just wouldn't be surprised with the behavior of Activision um, that they display that this is true. But it is not confirmed 100%. It's just a rumor. But, uh, yeah, so far, if it is true, it just shows how Activision is getting their claws into Bungie and other developers. So, you guys have any thoughts on that? Uh, it's a shame, uh, personally, because, you know, Bungie... They've made some good games in their history, and, you know, it's a shame to see just Activision just go, well, if you can make games when you had a full staff, I'm sure you can make games with a shortened staff. So it's a total shame, and, you know, that's probably going to strain the team on any of their future endeavors, and I really hope it doesn't, but, you know, time will tell. But uh, I will say this, I will be praying for Bungie, and hopefully they can still produce games with a shorter staff, and if not, then... Uh, we might be having another moment, kind of like what happened to Bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Rob, you got anything? Um, well, a couple of things. Mostly the the fact that I mean, it, if it's true, it's obviously a shame, and really does show where you know the, I guess the the mindset of Activision is. Although that's I think been demonstrated time and time again recently from even just the stuff we've talked about today, really. But. Uh, the one thing I do want to point out too is that the the article in question, which will you know we'll link for you guys, uh, doesn't necessarily state that they're actual staff members of the development team being let go, but just contractors working with them, uh, which doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily as terrible as you know it may seem at first glance. Uh, if it if the you know if the news is true that they are letting or they they are forcing them to let people go it could definitely cut down into the studio eventually though which you know nobody wants to see um but the fact that they even have the the kind of leeway or power possibly to push them to to fire anybody doesn't really speak all that well of the future um the other thing too is that Bungie did come right out and say vehemently deny the fact that they you know that that was happening at all they even pointed to their their website to say like we're hiring people right now we're why would we be firing people because the publisher wants us to so maybe the contractor for layoffs don't have much to do with the actual staff on the development team but i don't think you'd necessarily get the stories that you know we've heard so far from different contractors and and the fact that someone was cited directly that the publisher was involved with the decision without it being somewhat true you know, uh, Bungie's got to cover themselves, and they're not going to come out and say, "Yeah, you know, Activision's a bunch of dicks, so they're forcing us to lay people off." It's not going to happen. Uh, I mean, they just entered a long-term publishing deal with them, so you're not going to see that. But at the same time, 
usually there's not that much news with something like that without it being at least partially true. So we'll see. We'll see if it stops at contractors or if it starts to hit the studio. Um, but you know, I guess that's the cost of business of doing you know cost of doing business with Activision. So yeah. yeah. Actually, I think we're gonna be able to break up the bad news because I totally forgot about this item. Um, there were some specs given, well, the specs for the Xperia Play. So, we don't want to break everybody's heart at one time. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about that a little bit, uh, not too deeply though, because like we don't, you know, it's just specs for the phone. But uh, yeah. it's gonna be easily accessible anywhere. But we go over some major points about it, especially battery life and stuff. Yeah, we confirmed that it is not. It, it's gonna be on Verizon, but it is not a Verizon exclusive. Uh, on Verizon, you're talking about a seven-hour talk time, five hours of gameplay, which I wanted to note is better than the 3DS, I believe, because the 3DS is like three hours, right, Long? Yeah, um, the expected battery life right now for the 3DS is a little, little close to three hours at the moment. Okay. Um, talking about 30 hours of MP3 playback, so if you're, I don't know why you would need 30 hours, but hey, that's good. It's better than, you know, not 30 hours. Uh, five megapixel camera that has autofocus, uh, flash, and image stabilization. Uh, and along with that, it's it's running Android, so you get all the Google goodies that you normally would with a, uh, you know, with an Android, with an Android phone. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's for gaming, <laughs> you know, so uh, we're really not expecting it to blow the iPhone out of the water. Uh, but for, you know, those people who like uh, mobile gaming... I may decide to pick up a uh, Xperia Play instead of the 3DS or or um, a PSP. You know, consolidate your devices into one. What are you guys thinking about? You guys got anything to say about these uh, specs? Um, as far as the Xperia Play, um, uh, with the whole matter that um, they're debuting it first on Verizon, it's kind of a disappointment for me because uh, I was hoping for it to be a universal release that you know Verizon and Sprint get their CDMA version and then there's just a universal G, uh, GSM version that's going to be for AT&T and T-Mobile for the US because um, I believe that car warehouse out in at the UK they're actually getting a GSM version and it's actually going to be in white so kind of disappointing that a future GSM version is going to be delayed but you know um, yeah just it's it, it'll be out there in due time as far as the gaming portion of the Xperia Play, it's kind of interesting because now um, basically Sony has a guideline that they call PlayStation Certified for Android phones because uh, I popped onto the Sony Ericsson website for the Xperia Play and apparently there's an icon that says PlayStation Certified or PlayStation Ready. I forget the exact terminology of it, but apparently it seems like that could be a standard for future Android phones that may be playing nice with the Sony PlayStation uh, Android store for the PlayStation branded games. And, uh, I mean, that could open up a world of possibilities, but, you know, it also could mean that there could be future iterations of the Xperia Play with, you know, maybe a different form factor, different shape, uh, better specs later on, who knows. But, you know, we'll see what time can tell. Okay, how about you, Rob? Um, just, uh... Generally speaking, I mean, I don't necessarily have much interest in it, but I can see why they're going the route of, you know, 
trying to trying to tap that market for the for the PlayStation phone. Um, I mean, you can definitely, if you are already a PlayStation user, you can you know cut down your devices into one now. You know, from your cell phone to the and the PlayStation into just one form. Uh, you don't necessarily. I mean, touchscreens. At least I know for a fact mine has no. You know, it's an Android platform, but it doesn't have a keyboard. Don't necessarily need a keyboard anymore. Touchscreens have gotten pretty good. Um, you know, it's got full, you know, buttons and everything. It's it's basically a PlayStation with a with phone functions. So I can see why they're taking that route. You might get some people that have not considered getting it. You know, a, a game system like that because gaming has come up a bit in the in the in the uh, mobile phone community. So I mean. We'll see how it does. I mean, I think that there's definitely going to be a market for it. It's just to see how much that market really, you know, kicks in with it. How many, you know, if people really do opt for that over a 3DS or what have you. Uh, it's nice to see some, you know, some of the specs. Like, it looks like it's a good platform. It doesn't look like it's an engage, you know, craptastic model for a cell phone. <laughs> uh so the game, you know, the play time being high is nice. The you know, with the talk time and everything else, it's you know, battery life is always a huge concern with a portable device. So it's good to see that, and we'll see how the, we'll see how it does. I mean, it looks pretty, looks nice. See how much games really cost for it. Uh, it does have access to the Android marketplace, so it's not like there's not free games or other games to play on it aside from PlayStation games. Okay, um, I think it's gonna do a bit better than a lot of people expect. Uh, main reason being that not only do you have the PlayStation games, but you also have the the games for Android. Uh, Congregate being, you know, a huge resource in terms of Android gaming. I mean, you can you can play thirty thousand games on your phone right now, you know. And then on top of that, now you actually have a control to actually do that. Even though most of that stuff is touchscreen, but uh, you know, I'm pretty sure they can work out something to map those buttons, but. Yeah, I think it's going to do all right, but uh, let's move on to the bad news again. <laughs> Not that much left here, but um, one is the Uncharted movie director. Actually, I don't even know if he has been confirmed as the movie director. Has he? David or- O. Russell, he is. He, he is, is the Uncharted movie director. Okay, so he is the Uncharted movie director. The bad news is that he describes the game, okay? Uh, and I'm looking for his for his exact words here, but uh, he 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 des- described the game as having uh, a family dynamic. Here we go. Now this is what he says, um, you know, regarding the the you know the story and why he likes uh, why he wanted to make an Uncharted movie. Okay. Because it's centered around a family, and I like the combination of criminals and truth. These guys are tough, but they are working on this crazy case, and they can't do it without truth. I think that's cool. What is he talking about? (laughs) (laughs) He's not talking about Uncharted. Exactly. Whatever game he played, (laughs) it is not Uncharted. I don't know if he got a used copy from GameStop and they popped the wrong game in there, but him and his family are not playing Uncharted. The Uncharted is not about family. It's about Nathan Drake, a treasure hunter, who, uh, you know, he he looks for, for a treasure with his friend. You know? 
or yeah, with a female. And he gets into some shady dealings and whatnot, but it's not not family centric. It's if nobody you know has heard the news. I mean, not not everything is confirmed, but it, there's some things that definitely are. The fact that they're adding, you know, uh, his his dad, his grandfather, I think, uh, as like a whole family of treasure hunters, but it's not even really about treasure hunting anymore, apparently. Uh, I mean, there's been lots of people attached to the different roles, aside from Mark Wahlberg, who's confirmed as Nathan Drake, but it's get it's gotten pretty far from Uncharted already, which, I mean, unfortunately, I like Mark Wahlberg a lot. But to hear him cast as Nathan Drake, I auto automatically automatically knew that it was going to be a departure from you know what the what the what the games are. Uh, it, it seems like the, it's a director that really, you know, oh, it's a big ticket movie. You know, it's done well as a game. Let's take it and do nothing like what the game is because I think it'll be a cool idea because I'm a good director. And yeah, that'd be awesome. That that doesn't fly well with me. I mean. Uh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that does, that doesn't. Don't get me wrong. I actually do like Mark Wahlberg, but his voice, mannerisms, and personality just do not go with Nathan Drake. And I'm actually going to read you something else uh, that uh, that David said. Uh, I want the gamers to be happy. I have total respect for the game. I love playing it. And I just want to create a world that takes that to another level. Uh, that's another amazing world. That's more cinematic. No, don't take it to another level. Leave it on the level that it currently is. Because the game is perfectly fine. It has a good story. Um, just don't. You know, we don't want to hear your version of Uncharted. Because that's not Uncharted. That's a different movie. That's kind of like um, when McG, uh took Terminator and turned it into his version of Terminator, which is how we got Terminator Salvation, which I hate, by the way. And I'm not even going to get into that because we will be here all day. But, um, yeah, it's like, stop trying to take these games and throw your own spin onto it. Um, the games, I mean, I, I understand that you have to put some filler in there and you have to do different things because it's a movie and there's no interaction and blah, blah, blah. I understand that, but you can't take the core of the game. Like, there is no family dynamic in Uncharted. Why are you gonna put a family dynamic in the Uncharted movie? Come on, please it, stop. It, it, it's it, it's it just gets pretty far away from it. I mean, like it's already been said, uh, it's definitely a case where if you're going to take something like Uncharted and then make it something completely different, it's no longer Uncharted. Why are we, why are we bothering except for the name? Uh, it, there's just so much wrong with it that it doesn't even bear, you know, really mentioning all that much. But, uh, I mean, adding a family dynamic to it is just totally wrong. It, everything that's happening with it so far is totally wrong. Uh, he even had a response, David O. Russell, to some of the criticism and stuff that he's been facing. And, and I'll read you his response. It's a little, this one's a little bit lengthy, but it was an interview he did with Slash Film. Uh, and he said, as far as I'm concerned, I'm very respectful as far, as far as the core content and spirit of the game. But beyond that, it's my job as a filmmaker to make what I think is going to be an amazing movie. People have to trust that and let go. 
I think. There's not a bunch of movies you can point to that are made from games that are amazing movies that stand up to the test of time as a franchise or as individual films. I personally think it's really cool when you see someone like Darren Aronofsky is going to make an a, a X-Men movie or to get someone like myself to make this picture. You can be guaranteed that it's going to be real, it's going to be raw, it's going to be intense, it's going to be original, and it's going to be propulsive. And those are all things I want when I wa- go to watch a movie like that. Unquote. Um, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Tr- There's a lot of problems with a lot of stuff that he said. I get it. You know, it's cool because, you know, you have an award-winning director making movies based on games and, you know, and, and comics and things like that. But the reason that you usually don't see good video game movies or good comic book movies is because they get away from what those things are. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. and, that's, and that's the problem. Uh, you know... As a filmmaker, you, you, you're making what you think is going to be an amazing movie, but that doesn't mean you just completely disregard. You, you, that's not being respectful of the core content of it. You've, you've already changed what the core content is. You, you're making it a Soprano-style, almost, uh, you know, action-criminal-something movie. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it at this point. But you're, you're making it something that's... It's it's not respectful of the core content, really. I mean, I know the, you know they're giving it the okay because, uh, you know, whatever you know he's going to do with it as a director, like it'll still play well as a movie, but it, it's not going to be Uncharted at the end of the day, and and nobody's going to be happy with it because it's not Uncharted. Um, it's not like the development teams that make these games, especially with something like Uncharted, uh, sit around and they go, here's a paragraph of what this game is, and that's the only background that we have on it. You know, they have development teams, they have artists, writers that sit around, and all they do is they make up backgrounds for all these characters that you don't even get to see in the course of the game. Uh, backgrounds for everything that happens within the in the course of the game. Locations they go to, motivations, story, stuff that you just never even see. They have access to all that. Well, why don't they tap them for stuff in the movie? And I think that's my major problem, is that that seems to always happen. They just kind of Oh, we got the name. That's all we need. Bye. <laughs> I know that was a bit of a rant, but you know, there you go. <laughs> uh, it was it was well worth it because I mean, he says people need to let go. Okay, I'll let go of the concept, but the one thing I won't let go of is my money at the movie theater. <laughs> you, you cannot have that money if you can't if you're gonna try to if you're not gonna make a movie about the game that you're supposed to be making it about. I mean, uh, he says people want something original. I understand that the game was original enough, <laughs> you know. Like it, it's not—it's just your job to make a movie adaptation of the game. We don't need you to add anything else to it, you know. And it's—it just sounds like he is on his high horse about, you know, that you know people don't understand this. People don't understand the art of movies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm—I'm <laughs> I'm getting from, from you know from what he's saying. You know, and they probably they probably don't tap on the developers or the people who actually come up with the original stories because they feel that uh, you know they really shouldn't have to, or that you know they're at a higher level of uh, I don't know like um, storytelling. Yeah, or storytelling. Yeah, yeah, basically, you know, and then they're they're wrong. You yeah, know, it's a shame. your your movie lasts two hours. This game lasts, you know, ten to fifteen hours, depending on how you play it. You know, <laughs> that's the thing. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a there's a lot of stuff that they really should take into consideration from the developers, and they never and they don't. And this is why movie games suck. Yep. <laughs> you know, yeah. Either there's too much of the hand in the pot from the you know from the 
those who, who give out the license for the movie, you know, if, say, Sony gave out the license for it, yeah, I mean, there's always the chance that they're too much in it, and then it gets too restricted and it gets too stupid. But this seems to be a case where it's the other end of the spectrum where the director's like, I'm only going to take this if I can do with it what I want to do. And unfortunately, it's not, you know, it's not what the game is. And I'm not saying the guy's not a good director. I mean, he did, he did The Fighter, I think, which is up for a whole bunch of awards. It was a great movie from everything I've heard. Um, you know, he's done good movies. It's just that I really don't think Uncharted's going to be one of them. Or at least if it is a good movie, it's still not Uncharted. And unfortunately, that, at the end of the day, that's that to me when, in regards to this and, and, you know, movie games or video game movies in general. Right. Well... Moving on from that, because now I'm a little upset. <laughs> <You know. laughs> and this is this is funny because we're upset about this, but the next topic is upsetting, but we're not necessarily as upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that comment about the rape doctor I made earlier—that's what this this is about. Uh, there was a doctor, Doctor Lieberman. Actually, yeah, here we go, Doctor Carol, Carol Lieberman. Lieberman. Man. Uh, and it seems like we always have a thing with Liebermans in video games. I don't know. Why. Yeah. <laughs> well, she uh, went on Fox News, made a quote about how um, you you know video games increase the rate of rape and blah blah blah. You know, that's all. It's all you really hear after she says that because you instantly discredit anything she says after that. Um, but then she goes. Uh, she, she was interviewed by Kotaku. And she says, well, what I meant was that, you know, video games desensitize people to violent acts and, you know, things like that. And that, you know, can lead some people to rape. You know? And it's just like, what? <laughs> you know, like, where are you drawing this from? Uh, of course, she, you know, Kotaku asked her for some hard data, some hard proof, and she couldn't provide it. Um, but it's like, where, where do you, you know, you get this from saying that? You know, just because video games are violent and it made to sensitize people, which, you know, I can actually, I do think video games and other violent media will desensitize people to violence, but it takes one thing to be desensitized to it. Like, you know, for example, um, playing uh, something like Quake 4. Actually, I'll give you a story. You know, when, when Quake 4 came out, uh, I think that was around the time one of the Saws also came out. And so, uh, you know, I played Quake 4. And it's a quake, you know. You got the strong who are part. They they you f they form from different body parts of humans and stuff like that. Um, and actually, in one of the scenes, for those who haven't haven't been you know played Quake Four, you know, you get chopped up and new parts are added to you and stuff like that. And you know, it's, it's whatever. Like it's not really unless you're squeamish or whatever, it might be a big deal. But it, you know, it's whatever. So it was an interesting scene. Uh, yeah, it takes place with you actually in the perspective. It's not a cinematic. Like you actually are strapped to the table watching as you know they're adding on body parts and removing things from you. And it's it was a pretty intense scene when it came out. Not necessarily like uh, like you said, not necessarily terrible unless you're squeamish. It wasn't overly bloody or, or over the top. But for the time frame that it came out, it was a pretty it was just an intense moment in the game, and it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be a big moment because that kind of uh, was a propulsion for the rest of the for the rest of the game and your motivation and stuff, and, and playing it being part strong or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Rob's right. Uh, but then, like later on, like it came around the same time as a uh, a saw. Like, I think it was saw two. And you know, I go to the movies and I go to see that, and you know, 
people were kind of jumping around. Not just like jumping around, but you know, like you know, like oh ah, you know, stuff like that when things are happening. I'm just kind of sitting there like, huh. but you know my point is like yeah you you may you may be a little bit desensitized to violence like you know seeing things on tv or in the movies like somebody getting their hand chopped off or falling into a a a pit full of needles and stuff like that you know that really doesn't bother me or a lot of people at this point and maybe maybe gaming is because that because you know you do you know worse things to people uh but that doesn't mean i'm going to chop somebody up, kill somebody, rape somebody. Like, it takes a whole different type of person to do that. It's one thing to be desensitized to it, and it's another thing to actually do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to get into an argument with somebody and be like, oh, I'm going to chop your head off, you know, <laughs> just because I saw I saw it done in a video game. It's, it's a whole different type of person to do that. Those people are what we call crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and not to say that there aren't crazy gamers because there are but uh you know ba- basically the direct quote from carol lieberman in regards to this was well not the direct quote actually as we are all aware you know as news does they chop things up to to make it fit or to make it a little more explosive uh and the quote that they used was the increase in rapes can be attributed in large part to playing out uh, to the playing out of sexual scenes in video games. Now, that wasn't all that she said, but that was enough, you know, just put out there on its own to make people lose their minds collectively. Um, her full quote was, video games have increasingly and more brazenly connected sex and violence in images, actions, and words. This has to be the psychological, this has the psychological impact of doubling the excitement, stimulation, and incitement to copycat acts. The increase in rapes can be attributed in large part to playing out, to the playing out of such scenes in video games. So, it, I mean, on the whole, I mean, the fact that when she spoke to Kotaku, she really, you know, oh, I don't have my notes, she couldn't provide, like, any real evidence to, to support you know what she was saying but on the whole just that statement taken by itself i get it to a certain extent but you can you can point the same finger at anything you can point the same finger at sports ufc uh you know prime time television movies a you know the ninja turtles cartoon show which actually she actually mentions at one point in her in her talk with kotaku that you know that increased a in the 80s you know or 90s it increased the instances of kids trying to karate chop other kids on the playground. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, it was awesome. So, you know, the kids are going to do that, but there, there's a, there's a gap in, in what she's saying. And I I guess, I I guess I'll just make my point now, really, um, that she, it's a stretch. Uh, there's a big difference between, you know, some, and this is something we kind of talked about before we actually started the podcast, um, that we're not really going to delve into at this moment in full force, but that there's a big difference between being somebody who, you know, plays violent video games, it kind of immerses themselves in that, in that culture, you know, regardless of whatever else you're in spirit, you're experiencing or dealing in, um, and that you're a little more, you have a bigger tendency to be more violent or more brash or or something along those lines. And there's a big difference in being a person like that and that driving you to go on the internet and act like a troll all the time 
and being, you know, that making you pull a chainsaw out and, you know, chop up little girls in your backyard. It's a stretch. You know, there's a big difference between those two things. You know, maybe not necessarily the roots of what caused them are so different, but they're, they're definitely other factors. And she even mentioned the fact that, you know, when pressed about it, that she even mentioned that there's a lot more factors than just you play video games, you're going to go rape somebody. Uh, you know, things like how your up, you know, how your upbringing is, uh, if you, people who have like a worse upbringing, you know, in terms of stability and things along those lines and have tougher childhoods, you know, have a greater tendency, but they have that greater tendency in general, even without video games being involved. Um, I mean, you have on one hand, you've got someone like, uh, I can't even remember his name right now. Um, uh, Jared Logner who I'm sure as everybody knows shot the shot that senator in the head um, in Arizona and uh, there's been a lot of uh, speculation and that he and not even speculation but mostly that he's he played you know played online shooters and things along those you know of that nature um, and that a lot of people obviously you know as soon as something like that happens go video games that was video games that happened that caused that um, but then on the other hand, I mean, I don't know if anybody else, rem- if any of you guys remember this, but it, years ago, uh, there was a guy who was sitting on a bus listening to his iPhone or his, his iPod or listening to, you know, to his, his MP3 player or what have you. Um, and a guy who had sat down next to him basically turned around and chopped his head off in front of everybody else on the bus. Now, the guy that did that he was troubled, you know, he had, you know, a lot of mental things going on, just like Jared Lawner. Um, but nobody ever linked it to video games. So, you know, it's something that you hear about and then it's kind of forgotten because he was just crazy. But as soon as you link video games or anything else to it or, you know, or music or anything else, then all of a sudden it becomes a big issue and that that's causing it. What causes the other person to do that? You know, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of factors in it, but I just don't see a, a, a direct correlation between one and the other to be to be that direct the, the you know video game causes rapes to increase it, it's not that simple and and nothing and really nothing is so i think it's kind of just an inflammatory piece and it really doesn't bring anything to the table at all um except to say that you know video games that increasingly link sex and violence you know kind of wire your brain a certain way but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know the average person is just going to go out there and lose their minds and become a psychopath so i think that's a bit of a stretch exactly and like back to the the ninja turtles comment like okay it increased the number of karate chops you had on playgrounds but the kid they were playing it's like the kids were it's not like when they got mad they karate chopped each other (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they they were playing around, and therefore they were karate chopped maybe a little bit too hard, and somebody would cry. It, it's a totally different story. Like that's, I mean, if that's the case, I think we'd have a whole lot of people out there killing each other if it was really true. Like, how many people play video games? You know what I'm saying? How many people play Call of Duty? How many people play Counter Strike, uh, Bulletstorm? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how many people are playing these games? Uh, and not everybody, you know, like they're not out there. We don't have a, a massive wave of murders going on out there. Um, it's like the same thing with the guys uh, who with Columbine and stuff like that. They're like, oh yeah, they played Doom and they'd put God cheats on to kill all the enemies and stuff like that. That has absolutely nothing to do with what they did. That's just something they like to do because you know what? I played Doom too, and at the time, 
I put on God cheats to kill the enemies because I was too lazy to play the game. So, <laughs> then, you know, so, <laughs> so you know, I, reasons it's not that simple. You know? Exactly. Violence and stuff like that only manifests itself to a certain level, even if you're playing games like that. You know, it's not going to cause you to go on and be Columbine. It's going to cause you to put on God mode because you're lazy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, like, I mean, yeah, just the. The fact that she's attributing video games to rapes and, and violence, stuff like that. And like I said, I don't deny that video games will desensitize people to violence. I don't deny that. Uh, I think that's actually kind of true, because in my case, I think because of games... It might, it might not even be... I shouldn't say it's because of games, but maybe because, you know, the mixture of games and the movies that I watch, like, violence and, and entertainment really doesn't, doesn't phase me when I see these things happen. Now, you know... If I were to see something happen, like, grotesque in real life, that may be a different story. Even though one time I did see a guy do a flip in the air, and he landed on his arms, and the bones popped out of his arms, and he was bleeding. And that didn't faze me too much. So so maybe in real life something grotesque wouldn't bother me, but still, like, it's not going to make me go and chop somebody's arm off so I can see the the bone and blood. It's not going to make me go out and rape some, you know, woman or a guy. You know what I'm saying? And what game is she playing where women are getting raped? I guess what game and is that, she saying? That was the thing. It wasn't. I don't think it necessarily had to do with uh, any specific situation of rape in a game, which not necessarily makes it more far fetched, but really kind of leads it even to less of a to a more of a point where you're like, why? Why do we even mention rape in that instance? You know, like I get you know violence or something along those lines, but like why rape specifically? Um, but actually, way back when we were talking about Bulletstorm, some of the the skill shots actually prompted a lot of controversy, like Gangbang. Um, and that was one of the, the big things. that. And it's funny because out of the 300 and whatever skill shots in the game, that that's the one that people really are looking at. They're going like, that's wrong. And I understand that it's not necessarily uh, in good taste, but to say that, like, oh, because Bulletstorm has a skill shot that's called Gangbang, means you know that that's encouraging rape it's not <laughs> i'm sorry i am and like i'm and i'm i'm not trying to be the guy that's being desensitive you know unsensitive or anything like that i mean i i, I think pretty hard about like a lot of these issues i'm, I'm kind of a deep thinker i guess but it, it doesn't <laughs> like I'm, I'm sorry it doesn't it's not like it in that case, it's really not that serious. You, you know, you'd you'd have a lot better time, and I mean, and it's and it's already been done. You know, to to know really to not really much effect, but that you'd have a better time pointing at Grand Theft Auto and saying, well, you can go get a hooker and then shoot her and take the money, which is about as good as you know on the lines of rape or whatever you want to call it. Um, that you'd have a better chance of making your case with games like that. There there are games out there with like extreme situations of, you know, like sex and violence and things like that that you could you could use more effectively. And to point at Bulletstorm because like it's it's the popular game right now. It's the game that's out now and that's and that's what people are gonna talk about for the next five minutes. That that shouldn't necessarily be your basis of uh, that that's gonna cause rape because it's linking those two things together. It's it's a word. <laughs> it's, it's a word, and it, it's a word. It's a word that's been out there, and you can only give it so much power in the context that it's given. Um, it's gangbang because you, you know, you blew up three, you know, cannibals at the same time in a video game. 
it's it's not you know it, it's not like you you threw a a multi-sided dildo into a crowd and and did something crazy with it it's it doesn't the, the two things don't have anything to do with each other <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know I guess our next question is: They make multi-sided dildos. I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> but they might. <laughs> yeah. And even um, if they do, it's really not something that I guess we should be discussing on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, I was gonna say, as far as like just the whole discussion between like apparently the uprising of rape just because of um, uh, video games being far, far more violent and sexually explicit or whatever. I know way, way back, sometime last year. I uh, believe CNN did some sort of goofy article mentioning that uh, I think the Japanese um, hentai um, uh, game Rayplay was like big news, even though the game had been produced since like 2005. But I know, unfortunately, there there are folks like uh, Miss Lieberman who will just run with that and go, "Yeah, see, there you go, example of a game that that promotes rape." It's like. Yeah, but that game hasn't been made since 2005. Get with the times. And I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of on the camp with Jarrett, you know, just um, really it's going to be a, all down on the person's self-control. If they don't have self-control, yeah, they're probably going to take it too far and you're going to have cases like the Arizona shooter and then the guy who just randomly decapitated the passenger right next to him on a bus. But those those are just extreme cases, really. I mean... You can't just say, well, extreme case number one, that's that's it, seals the deal, final. That's proof that proof enough that video games cause extreme violence and uh, desensitization and to violent crimes such as rape and cause people to go and do them because they seem like a good idea. It really just doesn't seem, I guess you can say, as dramatic as these folks are making it seem because I know uh, recently another... Uh, person who had start on the little fox bit about bullet storm and the comments on that and I remember seeing something on Kotaku because Kotaku also interviewed him and said and he basically kind of said well let me explain I don't mean it as drastically as Miss Lieberman but you know I kind of just want to say you know video games can desensitize people to violence and yeah just you know but guess who the responsibility is down on it's down on the parents and parents if if you think your kids shouldn't be playing violent video games then guess what you need to keep them violent video games away from your kids yeah they they're not going to stop them from making violent movies violent shows you know violent music violent video games because you know obviously that's at least a you know to a certain extent what people want people buy it if they if nobody bought it if nobody watched it if nobody you know pr- consumed it they wouldn't make stuff like that so obviously there's a want for it out in the marketplace and that's why you see it do some things push the envelope a little too much yeah <laughs> but you know that's that's what's gonna happen because you know somebody's always trying to hit that next plateau to you know be the most extreme case i mean look at dead space with the you know your mom is gonna hate this i jared said earlier what am I, 12? It, it doesn't matter that, you know, my mom's going to hate this, but that's just the tack they chose for that marketing campaign. It, it's meaningless, and it's, you know, it's it's adolescent, but that's what, you know, sometimes that's what they, that's what some video games do just as much as any other medium. Um, it, it's just, it's a, it's a 
long way away to link it directly to rape the way that she did. It's much, you know, like like Wong mentioned, the the other gentleman that said basically it desensitizes people. And that's true because, you know, the more that you're exposed to something like that, it is more likely you're going to be desensitized. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on. Actually, I do have two things before we move on to our next uh, uh, next section. Uh, one, regarding the the Dead Space, uh, your mother hates Dead Space campaign. While its effectiveness, I mock. Like, I don't, I'm like, what, like Rob said, I really don't understand what they were trying to, you know, what they're trying to do. Um, you know, they, I, my mom hasn't bought video games for me in a very long time, so it doesn't make a difference. Uh, and I'm not trying to rebel against my mom. So the effectiveness of the marketing campaign, I thought, was weak. However, the commercials, I thought, were hilarious. So I do actually do like those commercials, especially the part where she's like, those aren't babies at all. <laughs> that is probably my favorite part. When <laughs> <laughs> anybody played Dead Space knows what she's talking about. Yeah. I don't know what she's talking about in that commercial. Yeah, cool. I mean, and and on top of that, the I thought that the marketing campaign was a bit silly because it's still an M-rated game. You still can't buy it even if your mom does hate it because if she really hates it, she's not going to let you buy it. So yeah. if you're of that age where that actually matters, chances are you're really not going to get your hands on it anyway. Although, I mean, some kids find a way, but it, the system as it's designed, you're not going to get that game anyhow. Yeah. But so I, did, silly. I just found that funny. That's the first thing. And the second thing I get is regarding uh, how games do wire your brain for certain things. This is a funny story because I didn't rape anybody, so it's not like that. <laughs> but Because um, rape's not funny. Because rape's not funny. <laughs> but... uh. Basically, I, I was uh, sometime early 2000. Uh, it's around the time Hot Pursuit 2 came out. I think I told you guys the story already. Uh, I was playing Hot Pursuit 2 a lot. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit 2. I was playing it a lot, and um, you know, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit 2. Uh, whenever you saw a construction site, more than likely it was a shortcut to somewhere else. So I'm driving down like this road, you know, uh, cruising at a nice speed. And I see like a little construction site on the side of the road that looks like something out of Need for Speed, and like my brain instantly registers shortcut <laughs> as opposed to caution. <laughs> now, <laughs> it's not like I, I didn't drive through it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have to like catch myself. Like I didn't find myself. You know, like oh, I'll go this way. But it was just funny. Like I thought to myself, like, that is funny that I thought of that instead of like you know, oh, it's a construction site. You know, let me be careful. I thought, oh yeah, shortcut. So. But that was just something I thought might be funny to bring up. That one up, and we'll move on to what we're, you know, what we're looking forward to in March, um, which by the time you hear this will be this month. Uh, so right off the bat, first week of March, uh, GDC, and um, a lot of, uh, you know, well, it's GDC. There's going to be a lot of game developers there. Uh, I would expect some announcements. Uh, more and more announcements are made at GDC. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to try our best to keep up with that. Um, we've already been getting emails from a lot of, uh, developers and publishers talking about what they're going to have at GDC. Unfortunately, this year we will not be there, so we won't have live coverage, but as we get information, we'll definitely post it up. Um, games coming out you might want to look for, um, quite a few, you know, so if you only have $60, choose wisely. 
you have uh, Fight Night Champions, um, Pokemon Black and White, Deus Ex Human Revolution, which I am actually looking forward to. Uh, it's To my knowledge, from what I've read about it, it's supposed to be kind of like a prequel to the other Deus Ex games. Uh, Dragon Age 2, which is going to be a monster. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's excited for that. Um, it, more if you haven't yet. <laughs> uh, um, the game, if you finish the demo, it's great. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Homefront is coming out, which uh, I'm, 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 I don't know about it. I, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not. I don't think it's gonna be bad, but I'm not necessarily I'm interested thinking. in the concept, but I want to see the execution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I've already even the concept is it's been done before. Like, uh, did you play Freedom Fighters? For uh, is, yeah, Freedom Fighters. It, not yeah, Freedom Force. Box, yeah. Yeah, not Freedom Force, but you know that's the guy. That's the game that has like the Minutemen and the made-up superheroes. But Freedom Fighters, where Russia um, actually invades the United States, New York to be exact. Um, that game was awesome. Uh, so I'm curious to see how this will match up to it. It's kind of an unfair comparison. That was a third-person shooter. Um, wasn't as serious as this game. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. You know, North Korea invades. I think it's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah, um, I know that, believe the director of or producer of, of the movie Apocalypse Now is actually behind the story for Homefront, so that should be really interesting to see. And I will say for anyone who's out here in North America, be glad that the game is coming out unedited because apparently in Japan, um, I think it was um, Brian Ashcraft of Kotaku had said, apparently in Japan... North Korea is actually going to be changed, and the enemy in home front in the Japanese release is apparently going to be Canada. So, <laughs> be glad you are not getting a watered-down version of the game. I'm sorry, but that statement is funny. I did not know that, <laughs> that Canada is going to invade the United States. Yeah, Holy that's shit. going to be only for the Japanese release, because apparently the North Korean conflict with Japan is a very touchy topic. Wow. Rob, did you know about that? Uh, I didn't know they were changing it to Canada. I, I was I, I was in the loop back when they were saying that there was going to be an edited version for Japan, but they hadn't confirmed who the enemy was going to be. Canada's pretty hilarious. <laughs> blame Canada. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that is actually... That's pretty funny. I thought they were... I knew they were gonna not going to say North Korea. I just thought they were going to do something like... Op four or opposing force or something like you know, go to an old standby like Canada. <laughs> yeah, Canada is like sorry, but that's actually not kind of, that's not believable. Yeah, like <laughs> in the next sixteen years, Canada's gonna you know have nuclear weapons invade the U.S. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not so much. Yeah, so that's actually that's pretty funny. Um, all right, so we also have Dark Spore, which is Spore, but it's supposed to be more action-based. Uh, I actually have an invite to the beta, which I just have not had time to engage, so um, we'll see. Uh, I'm probably going to wind up picking that one up as well. 3DS next month at the end of the month. And we already talked about that last time. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the start of the new handheld war. <laughs> you know, this is it right here. 3DS coming out of the gate first. Um, NGP, or like I, as I like to call it, the PSP2, because that's probably what it's going to be called. It <laughs> yeah. um, you know, coming out the gate second, but the, P the PSP2, 
I hear, I hear it has a hell of a right hook. <laughs> you know. Heck yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, we'll, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think um, they said due to the price point and everything, there may be some features on the NGP that may be removed, but let's let's just say that I just hope Sony will keep most of the features intact, at least the big heavy hitter ones, and pushes it at a good price point. Because uh, for once, I would actually like to see Nintendo being given chase to instead of the ones basically hunting and picking off all the other handhelds that have been out on the market. Yes, Nintendo has been the reigning champ for a long time, so you really can't count them out. I don't. I'm not going to be one of those people who are like, oh yeah, PSP2 is going to destroy the 3DS because those people always wind up with the you know crying somewhere in a corner when it, when Nintendo's product knocks their favorite product out. And um, I, I guess it's, it's been a constant thing that Nintendo has not had to produce the most powerful system out to win. I mean, look at the Game Boy versus the Game Gear. The Game Gear, in terms of graphics, stomped all over the Game Boy, but the Game Boy, at the time, didn't even have a color screen or a backlit screen. You had to play in a lit area, and it wiped the floor with the Game Gear. So... You know, like the 30-minute battery life of the Game Gear had a lot to do with that. But, yeah. There was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Game, it looked awesome. I love playing Sonic on it for the 10 minutes and it lasted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, Sony can put out a pretty good product and give Nintendo some chase for once. Because um, as much as Nintendo's been the champ of portable gaming, um, you can only be king for so long before someone really starts to rightfully challenge your your authority to the throne yeah i mean yeah, i mean the psp did well but it wasn't it wasn't anywhere near the ds you know what the ds has done um so we'll see yeah i mean sony has knocked nintendo off of their high horse before um in terms of the console war because uh, just think about it who was really challenging like really challenging nintendo i mean sega was close but they faltered and actually, look, they don't even have a console at this point. Uh, so Nintendo was the console king. Uh, and when Sony came around and just kind of jacked them, you know, said, you know, give me that, give me that crown. And so I, um, if anybody's going to be able to do it, it's going to be Sony. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, nobody else is even really trying. You know, I know that, that Nintendo looks at iPhone as their main competition, but really it's, it's a different market. It's a different, different perspective. Yeah, that's the market that I think the PSP phone is going for. You know, the NGP and and 3DS are, are two different beasts from the mobile market. I think. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, so we're gonna wrap this up here. Um, thanks for listening, as always. Um, any uh, questions or or comments or thoughts that you you have, feel free to you know comment on the site and uh, or just go to the site for the latest news reviews. All that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, once again, thanks for uh, listening to the podcast, and we will catch you next time. That's right.